You're listening to episode 131 of the Writing Life podcast from the National Centre for Writing, a weekly podcast for anyone who writes. I'm Simon Jones. Hello, and I'm Steph McKenna. And it is the 27th of January, 2021, here in sunny Norwich, as we're recording this from our homes. As always. <laughs> yes. One day we'll be back in Dragon Hall, but uh, I think that's a ways off yet. It is, unfortunately. So on the show today, we are talking to Kate Worsley, one of our former Escalates, who is now one of our mentors, in fact. Uh, Steph, you spoke to Kate, didn't you, about her time on the programme and how it influenced her career? Yeah, absolutely. I had a chat with Kate last week, which was lovely because Kate's done quite a bit of work with us over the years. And I don't think I've ever actually met her in person. And of course, I didn't get to be her in person this time either. It was over the internet, but hopefully at some point I will see her, meet her properly. But it was really nice to catch up and uh, get to know each other. And Kate, uh, her first novel, She Rises, won the HWA debut crown and the New Angle Prize for Literature and was shortlisted for the Lambda Literary Prize for Lesbian Fiction. In 2012, she took part in the Escalator Talent Development Programme, which is our programme at NCW, and she subsequently received a grant for the arts to help fund the completion of her second novel. She's a course leader, a manuscript assessor, and as you mentioned, she mentors for the Writers' Company and also us. So we had a lovely long chat about how she got started um, and how she started writing her first novel, uh, her experiences of mentoring, because she's had a couple of really interesting mentors over the years, including um, on her time on the Escalator programme. And also now that she is a mentor herself and she's mentoring other writers, we we talked about what that's been like for her sitting on the other side of the table. And it's just a really useful introduction. If, you're, if you've never had a mentor before or you're completely new to the concept of mentoring, I think Kate gives a really nice overview of the benefits for your writing and how it can really help boost your confidence as well. Yeah, I think the assumption with writing can be that you have to kind of stick it out on your own and that, you know, you're on your own tapping away at a keyboard or writing on some paper and that if you can't figure it out yourself, then somehow you're not doing it right. Yes. And that it's something that you have to know how to do from the very start. And if you're not brilliant at it from day one, uh, you're not meant to be a writer, which is, of course, not true. It's something that you have to you have to really work hard at. And the more you work at it, the better you get. Yeah, exactly. I've really enjoyed these Escalator interviews because everyone we've talked to so far has had such a different journey and they've all been at completely different points in their careers as well. You know, Nicola has had lots and lots of books out and Owen's just had his first book and Kate has a kind of unique experience as well in that she already had her first book done when she started doing Escalator, which mm. was quite unusual. And I think it was a kind mm. of yeah, really unique combination of events and timing for her. Yeah, yeah. So I think a lot of Escalator for her wasn't so much maybe the craft of writing for that novel in particular, because it had already, I think it had already found a publisher by that point. But she she really needed a bit more help with, yeah, kind of boosting confidence, getting, getting a sense of how to move on to her second novel, uh, and just connecting with other writers, really. I think it really helped her. So it's, it's a fantastic listen. Yeah, and we're talking to these former Escalator participants because at the moment we are fundraising for the Escalator scheme. So normally we like to run 10 writers through the programme and help them and mentor them and kind of set them on their path, whatever that may be. But this year we have funding for six places and we would love to get that back up as close to 10 as we possibly can. So at the moment we are taking donations and hoping that people can help us with that 
funding gap, whether it's a small or a large donation, everything really helps. And these podcasts hopefully are giving an insight into why Escalator is so valuable. And like Nicola said last week, you know, you're not just helping one person, but that one person can write a book that then gets read by hundreds or thousands of people. And the impact of supporting something like Escalator can be massive and, and hard to kind of envision at the beginning. Mm, absolutely. Okay, so let's uh, let's get straight into it. This is you talking with Kate a few days ago. So Kate, it's so nice to finally chat to you. <laughs> and you. Your name has cropped up numerous times since I joined NCW. I think I first came across you through Escalator as an alumni and then through running workshops for us. And now you also run regular mentoring sessions for us. So one day we'll actually get to meet in person. I hope so. That would be <laughs> how are you? How are you doing? Are you managing to keep busy during such a dreary January? Yes, because we've broken the back of it, it feels like, don't you think? Yeah. The days yeah. are getting longer, the end is sort of in sight. Yeah, we just keep ploughing on, don't we? It does, it does feel a bit more like, yeah, we've got more of a deadline or the end is in sight, as you say. The, the light's getting better, isn't it? Classic journey moment. <laughs> it is, yeah. So we're here to chat about your writing journey to date. Um, and particularly about Escalator, which is our talent development program. And mm. Escalator is one of the first projects that I worked on for NCW, actually. And it's always been a really integral part of our annual program because we get to work so closely with early career writers in the east of England. And it's just a really lovely, rewarding program. Mm. Before we discuss your time on Escalator, I just wanted to ask, when and sort of where did your writing journey begin? Have you always been someone who's passionate about writing? Hmm. I'm one of those people who, uh, as a child, had a sort of magic, um, magic story tree with beans, mm. that, you know, that whole thing. But I didn't actually take myself seriously or or think that I could do it seriously for a long time until it felt like it was almost too late. So I put it off and put it off until the point when I felt like I couldn't put it off anymore. Yeah. Uh, and did and did journalism instead as a way of writing, you know, wanted to write, but I didn't dare write fiction. It, it was like that for me um, mm. for a long, long, long time. So, yeah, it felt like it was too late, but um, it wasn't because it never is. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the conversation we're always having, actually, is it's really? never it's never too late to be a writer, is it? There's no there's no age limit. There's no deadline on becoming a writer. You can you can start at any time. Yeah. Um, and almost as you get older as well. The, I mean, I'm mentoring people now who are a lot older than me. And my goodness, if you start later in life, there's um, there's a richness to draw on. You know, there's a mm. lot of stuff there that has built up that you can, you know, start to explore. Yeah, it's almost more rewarding, I think. Yeah, there. all of that life experience, I guess. Yeah, that you can, you know, a huge amount that you can draw from. And yeah. when did you start to take your writing sort of quote unquote seriously? What did that look like for you? Did you take courses or carve out, you know, time in the week to start writing fiction or how did that start okay the way it worked for me was um I was sort of backed into a corner where mm. I um the way my life was at the time I sort of didn't really have any time to write mm. but I had um my life was very busy but my life was very home-based 
Uh, and I had sort of had enough of journalism at the same time as the magazine I was editing uh, was shut down. And I had a bit of redundancy money because those, those were the days when <laughs> <laughs> that could happen to you. Um, and it was a proper now or never moment. So I put that money into courses. And the other thing that changed was that um, I had been very, very snobby. I, I think uh, times have changed now, but I sort of felt that if you needed help writing, if you want, needed to be taught, if you felt like you needed to be taught, then you weren't really a writer. You know, you had to, it yes. had to sort of magically happen. And I'd had a period in my life, um, going back a bit, when I'd gone to Paris <laughs> on my own. Mm. And I thought that would sort of make me a writer. I would sit in cafes with coffee and magically write. And I did write, you know, bits, but uh, no magnum opus came out of that. So I thought, well, I am not a writer. And I put that away. Um, and I think eventually I realised at this point when I put it off for so long that a bit of humbleness was in order. Is that a word? Um, yeah, absolutely. The opposite of arrogance. <laughs> um, thinking, okay, I just need to accept that I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to start. Um, I'd worked out how to do journalism. And then I thought, well, I'll, I'll apply the same thinking to that. With journalism, I didn't know how to do it, and I learned uh, by doing it and by going to people who knew how to do it and seeing how they did it. So, um so I started, I was so embarrassed about it, I can't tell you, so shy and nervous and mm. worried and um, embarrassed, I think. Uh, I, the, the background I come from, writing is a pretty self-indulgent, highfalutin, mm. getting above yourself sort of thing to do. Mm. Who was I? And this is after, you know, probably decades writing on national newspapers and magazines, so it, I don't know, there was something strange going on there. Anyway, um, so I started on a very uh, low-profile higher education writing course in a nearby town where... Oh, no, no, sorry, the first one was... I, I went to uh, a starting-out course in Birkbeck in London, got on the mm. train, didn't tell anyone, quietly, quietly. <laughs> ended, up, ended up meeting a friend there, a woman there, who's become a really, really good writing friend, but... Yeah, it was sort of a secret, secret, private, private process. Um, didn't tell people I was doing it. At the same time as a sort of, it was like inching out of a, a shell because I was doing it. And, and I think that was crucial, writing mm. in a class with other people um, and getting to the point where I was sharing what I was writing with those people. It was it was proper sort of support group mm. Um, I, yes, I am. My name's Kate, and I'm and I'm a writer. <laughs> yeah. Moment, seriously, I can't overstate um, how psychically challenging it was, and I see it all the time now with people I'm mentoring, and which is you know one of the reasons I do it because I'm going off the point here a bit, but it is such a psychological um, mm. uh, leap to make from when you are wanting to write and then getting that writing out and then on the page and then um, sharing it with other people. You know, for it to flow, you need all those three parts to be working. I was just going to say, I find it hugely comforting to hear you say <laughs> that actually it's kind of, in a way, it's very similar to my own thought pattern growing up. So 
I um, used to love creative writing when I was younger. And then by the time I got to university to study English literature, I was so scared of, sort of I, I was happy to write for uh, myself, but I was so scared of sharing it. Or, you know, again, I didn't feel like uh, that creative writing was something that was uh, something that you learned or worked on or, you know, improved. Yeah. I felt like you just have to naturally have it. And yeah. I wasn't confident enough to share it. So I started down the sort of, uh, you know, studying English literature route, writing sort of, you know, academically for the university and doing journalism, um, thinking oh, okay. that I wanted to go into journalism because, again, that was something that I could learn and there was a structure to it and I could, you know, get advice from other people. And I, I didn't see that as the same thing with creative writing. And oh, I think that's okay. also why I really enjoyed doing uh, getting into the job that I do now in communications because I could learn the art of copywriting and there was almost like a bit of a science to it and mm. you know I could go on training and and for some reason in my head the creative writing and writing for you know for work or copywriting journalism were very separate things and I was so scared to share anything that felt very personal um, oh, but it is okay. it is an art, isn't it? It's it, as in it's something that you, you don't just naturally, or very few people, I'm sure, just naturally put pen to paper from day one and are like, "Wow, I've written this amazing exactly. best-selling novel." It takes it it takes a lot of hard graft, doesn't it? And it's and yeah, there's a lot of fine tuning yeah. and a lot of practice that comes with it. I think. Yeah. Oh, it's so interesting to hear you say that because I think that be just you know I can't tell you how many people all around the country quietly privately feeling that yeah. you know, they cannot write and I think um, I did an English degree um, and it's a real double-edged sword a literary education because mm-hmm. your standards are so high how can really you possibly high. yes and it's that notion that you think you should just you know go in there with a bullet and start at that level because in um, yeah in higher education approach I think it's changed now but the graft involved, the um, the drafts, the unseen, you know, the, the, the bit of the iceberg that's below the surface in terms mm. of what it takes to actually make that level of writing happen. No one ever tells you about that. No. Do they? You no. don't see it. It's, or it's the swan. It's the, you know, the, 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 the Shelleys and the Keats. Where, you, know, you don't see the paddling. Yeah. You don't see what supports writers in what they're doing, but but then the other thing I was, you know, that I really um, identify with what you're saying is that that the craft of writing, mm. all that journalism, and probably I'm sure for you as well as for me, feeds in that that attitude to the words that they are um, uh, your raw material, you know, and that you craft mm. them and you shape them and you discard them and you fiddle around with them that really helped I think when I started writing fiction that as long as as long as you'd got it out there then you could do something with it and that that you could learn to do better yeah. mm, I was going to ask actually what that transition was like from sort of writing in a journalistic capacity to writing fiction but I see what you yeah I mean you, you could approach fiction in the way that you would approach a first draft of an article or something that you were writing for a magazine yeah that it's it's work and um that there's a lot, you know, it, it can be a lot of work that, to get from that original idea to what's on the page, especially if you're someone who, <laughs> annoyingly like me, uh, I only really started writing once I had a novel-shaped idea. I had lots mm. of little ideas that went nowhere. Um, but a novel is a massive undertaking. 
Um, and if you know, if you knew when you started out how big it was going to be, you you just wouldn't do it. It's like having children, you know, no one tells you how hard it is until you've already started. Um, but the one thing I was going to say about the transition from journalism to fiction, and I don't know if this was, if this is the same for you, but um, I had, to, well, apart from the fact that the magazine I was editing shut down, but I had to, I found that I had to switch off or sort of move away from the side of my brain that produced journalism to do fiction. It was mm. a very strange thing, and it's still sort of true. And I, if I try and think about why that was, it was because journalism was about writing from the outside in. Mm. It was taking material, you know, understanding it, and then reformatting it and, <laughs> and mm. you know, throwing it out again, but always with an angle. Mm. Whereas fiction is entirely internal it's every you know, it's fed by what's outside but you're pulling it out of yourself mm. uh in a way that's very exposing and effortful sometimes and then okay well this is going to sound massively pretentious but it's more about searching for the absolute truth of something or at least if you're not trying to make it properly true to whatever it is you're trying to do it's it's not going to be very good it's going to be genre it's going to be pulp and journalism was was never about being you know true to what is trying to come out of you your yeah, truth. yeah. it was about trying to reflect back to the world's mm. the truth about the world so that uh, that was difficult because journalism was how I earned my living mm. um, so yeah it was a it, it took a you know it was a great big step into the dark to say okay I will commit to trying to do this properly but like I like I said it felt like this was my last chance and you know if I didn't do it properly now I'd never do it yeah so when you so you started doing these classes and Mm. imagine having that that yeah the group around you and Mm. having people feedback on your work and having that sort of friendly Mm. uh, informal group atmosphere sort of helped you build your confidence and then you you decided to do a master's degree in creative writing is that Right. Yes, because I'd worked my way through courses from starting mm. out to carrying on to you know, keeping yeah. going. And then I'd had this novel sized idea and I had a wonderful tutor who is a very associated with the National Centre for Writing, mm. um, Sarah Bauer. Yes. Who early, early on, when when I was absolutely, you know, floundering around in the dark, just saw something in my writing and um, pushed. She was the one who said, right, next step, MA. And I would not have done it without her. And again, it's this oh, this, men- this mentoring notion. That's the other, you know, that actually in writing, you need your support group. You need someone who believes in you and can mm. see a future for you that you can't see for yourself. Yeah, it's the escalator principle in, in and of itself. that they, they can not exactly fast track you, but put you, slot you into a, process that can take you to a, another level that you would not have reached or, or thought of necessarily so when you came to escalator which is as i've said before our our talent development scheme for um sort of emerging writers in the east of england and people apply for that scheme at lots of different stages of their journey so some people have an idea for a novel that you know they've only just started but for you you had this you know you had this manuscript completed already so what made you decide to the to apply for escalator with that 
with that manuscript? Okay, so when I applied for Escalator, I'd, I'd finished the novel and I'd come out of this MA and I was back on my own at home mm. with a new novel that I wanted to write. I'd had an idea for the second one as I was mm. finishing the first one. Um, and I was yeah at home on my own in the east of England, not you know travelling up to London every week, mm. part of this coterie of people. Um, and I just thought I I want more if, if this especially if it's available if it's locally I, I felt very isolated out here mm. <laughs> away from the mm. London yeah scene um, and as I was like I had two identities I had my local you know just me identity and I had this writer me who existed in London and I really wanted to feel wanted to see what was going on locally to be part mm. of something in this area and I knew that um, again that you know having having a mentor having a peer group um, having a structure really worked for me yeah you've had all your peers around you you've had all of that support and to go from that to yeah to being by yourself again and having got one book out there that you're trying to find uh, a, a publisher for um which a lot of people really struggle with as well. That's quite a daunting prospect as well, isn't it? Approaching, did you, how did you find approaching kind of publishers and trying to get that book published? It's funny, isn't it? Because the whole, this is the other thing that's good about Escalator and um, taking you through that process is that at each stage, the next the next stage looks feels like you've made it. So mm. the wanting to write, I am writing, great. Now I'm yeah. writing, now I've, got to find a you know agent publisher get it out there and then once you've finished one book you've got to write the next one and then once one book's found a home the next book has to find you know there's always a you know a receding point at which mm. everything's fine the psychological sort of leap that it takes to start mm. writing is one thing then to show it to your peers and mentors and then to think it goes out there to the big wide world and why would anybody else be interested so psychologically <laughs> it was really um daunting really really daunting mm. I can't overstate it again for me at least um and the M, you know and, and there again um, the MA and Escalator help, helped with that just as uh, supporting that but also actual access to um what the, the, the you know an understanding how it how it works or how it can mm. work so and for me I did you know I did find an agent on the third attempt which is really amazing Gosh, it was probably a year after I finished the MA. She sent it out to everyone, she said. <laughs> like, I don't know, two dozen literary publishers. Uh, yeah. And over six weeks, eight weeks, everyone said no. Mm. Which was, you know, um, this is why you need someone to hold your hand. because that's Yeah, really- that's, it's hard, isn't it? It really highlights that there's as you said before, there's that first hurdle of starting writing, but there's this, this continuation of sort of mental hurdles and, you know, possible knockbacks. And it's hard. It must really knock your confidence sometimes and you'll feel boosted by something and then something else happens. And Exactly. And obviously there are much, much harder things in the world. And I know that. But I think it's just hard because it is, if you're trying to write something from the heart, you know, mm. it's, it's it mainlines back through to your inner self in a way that other things don't so yeah everyone said no and then someone said yes but they wanted a big reorientation of the book and then Bloomsbury came back and said they hadn't been able to stop thinking about it and now they had the money 
they mm. found them. So, um, and that happened after I'd been accepted for Escalator, but before I started on it. Yeah, so I, I felt like I was in a very different position to everybody else. But then that was that was another um, of the great things about it is that I, I really wasn't. I mean, it, it made me understand that it's a continuous sort of looping journey. And your mentor for Escalator was Tobias Hill? Yes, yes. And that was fantastic. Um, uh, and he, you know, it meant such a lot to me that a writer of his calibre would take my writing seriously. And he was, he was like Sarah Waters. He was very sort of um, subtle, considerate. He was, it was great. It was a sort of communing. We'd go and sit in this beautiful old pub in Cricklewood in a big echoing quiet back room on a sort of dusty, oh, dusty late afternoon yeah. <laughs> and we'd talk about my writing and uh, he'd sort of gently gently nudge and suggest. And with your um, so you had I, I guess for your escalator program you would there would have been 10 escalatees did you spend a lot of time speaking with the other the writers on the the program did you what was your relationship like with them well that that, that was in the days when you could you know, meet people and go and sit yeah. in cafes gather in pubs and go it to was the one, pub. yes I just loved it mm-hmm. like I said I was spending a lot of time at home and it was just food and drink um that sense that there were other people um, doing a similar thing. And also just the sheer, well, I mean, diversity is always limited, but the Mm -hmm. range of people and the different ways people were writing, the different motives people have for writing, bizarrely, that made me feel more at home. The fact that we were all different was fine. I wasn't going to find anyone who wrote like me or thought like me necessarily, Mm -hmm. but that's not the point. Yeah, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Were there any other any other moments in particular that stood out for you during the escalator kind of journey? I think it, it's that. It was that us all sitting around and actually being able to confess to each other. Oh, <laughs> by then it didn't feel like confessing. But yeah, it was the conversations we'd have, just that feeling. And actually I feel really nostalgic for that now because, my goodness, when was the last time I was in a room full of writers? And it's very, also, it's very uncomfortable. You know, if you are writing seriously, you're spending a lot of time in a room on your own. Just for your psychic health, you need to be with people. And then if you, if the being with people that you're doing is being with other writers, I don't know, it's, it it's just becomes a feedback loop that worked for me. And being in a group of writers who are just there to support each other in their writing, that's wonderful. How, how different do you think things would have been without Escalator? Do you... Where do you think you would have been without that sort of year spent on the programme? Well, I think it came um, at a really good point. Imagine if you're pushing a, you know, a stone uphill. You know, you can give it a good push and it can get so far. But to get it properly rolling, you need to keep pushing at it. And I, and I could easily have written that first novel. It could have not gone anywhere and I could have possibly stopped. It, it's that... You know, going back for that second session, it's the redrafting sort of principle that mm. it's not just try once and if it doesn't work, you stop. It properly, it properly instilled in me this notion that you keep going, 
And you mentioned sort of the geography aspect and that you were in London doing your MA and then, you know, coming back to the east of England after that, which is a very different, very different mm. setup. How how important do you think Escalator is as a, a programme for the east of England in particular? It feels it's, it's very different. Yeah. Having that yeah. in this area than it is in London, isn't it? Isn't it? Completely. And um, I think it's, well, for me, it's it's twofold because my, my writing is the, the three novels that I've, you know, that I'm working on are East Anglian novels. They're based yeah. on the experience of living here and the topography. Um, so it was, it was really helpful to, you know, meet other people working on, who are rooted in the same mm. landscape. Mm. You know, you scratch the surface and there's a million and one voices to, to be found. You wonder how this past year may change things as well in terms of geography because everyone's learnt that we don't have to, yeah, you don't have to be in the middle of a city to get your job done or, you know, you can work from home and all those types of things. So it'll be interesting to see whether this past year shifts anything as well. So 2020, we had uh, six Escalates on the programme and you returned as a mentor. Well, it was very nice to be asked to come back to Escalator. Actually, I was really grateful for that because it felt a bit like coming home and mm. definitely a lot like being able to give back, especially as it turned out this year where I felt very helpless in the world at large, you know, not mm. having had a skill to um, help anybody medically but actually psychologically and in terms of keeping um, people's artistic process going it's it has felt I have felt useful actually yeah that's that's great actually there's a mutual benefit there isn't there it's providing yeah yeah, your your mentees are receiving all of that support from you and from someone who's been there themselves has you know actually been on the scheme as well as uh, been in their position as a writer and then for you to feel on the flip side that you're able to give something back as you say that's lovely yes because a lot of mentoring it isn't about you know I have this great secret that you know we can <laughs> hand out in doses it's <laughs> it's more just you've, you've been there already has it impacted your own writing at all I don't know if that's a strange question but just... no no it totally does I mean in a good way bad ways. so it's very easy to get caught up in someone else's writing from their world yeah. and Okay. And have and you know and I sort of kind of carry it around and sort of um, uh, um, you know mull it over and try and work it out. Um, and it's very you know, it's a constant danger for that not to take over from your own writing. But then it, it helps in lots of other ways too. That 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 process of looking at a piece of writing, thinking about someone's work and aims trying to help them get to where they're getting to there's a parallel unconscious process going on in your own work as well at the same time you know you can come back to your own work fired up by someone Mm. else's passion looking back on this year and during lockdown so you've been doing a lot of this mentoring during a a very funny period where we're not meeting up and the the program doesn't look exactly as it usually would because we'd usually be meeting in dragon hall and doing all those sorts of things Mm. but um how has how has this period been like for you in terms of your own writing have you found it has it given you more time to write have you found it more difficult well it's been both i mean at the very beginning it was all hands on deck to try and make sure that 
you know, life life could be managed. There was a wonderful period where space opened up and I did have time to write and I mm. finished um, one set of edits on the book that I'm working on now. And it absolutely felt like a blessing because my constant problem is making space and having justification. And, and then I went and got COVID, which completely... Oh, no, yeah. Me. And I'm still coming out of it now. So... Um, but again, it's, it's the it's the escalator principle. You keep going. It may be yeah. delayed. I may not have done what I wanted to do a month ago. But actually, lockdown does feel a lot like the process of writing a novel. <laughs> I'll be finished by March. Oh no, I'll be finished by May, and on it goes. <laughs> it keeps being extended. Yeah. Yeah. But the other thing about lockdown, I don't know about you, has has been. I ha- it has felt completely useless. It's been hard and pointless writing. I mean, it's been hard to resist the feeling that it's an utterly self-indulgent navel-gazing mm. activity um, to be doing. So, yeah, yeah. I think it was William Boyd, somebody asked him and said, what have you been doing in lockdown? So I said, just working. Um, and, I, you know, there are lots of um, circumstantial reasons why, I, why, you know, for me not to be able to do that anyway. So it's, it's the sort of seismic cultural shock. And also it's hard to know when, when something big happens in your life between when, you, when you've had when you started with an idea for, with a novel idea for something and then something happens in your life that necessarily changes the novel it just does mm. so it's strange mm. in a period of flux because you, you're not really sure about what you're writing but it you know it feeds in everything feeds in well thank you so much for having a chat with me today and uh hopefully as i said hopefully we'll meet in person i really hope so oh my goodness it's so i find it so frustrating yeah well we will there'll be a real life moment coming up I hope I think there'll be a huge NCW shaped party at the end of all of this uh, <laughs> a safe one of course but um, yeah we'll all be back in back in Dragon Hall eventually thank you Steph brilliant it's been really nice to thank you very much thank you for listening and big thanks to Kate for coming on and talking to Steph so if you have any questions about Escalator or anything else we do, please do come and ask us. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Writers Centre. Head over to our website at nationalcentreforwriting.org.uk where you can find full details about how to donate as well as everything else we're up to, including our weekly newsletter. And you can also find us over on Facebook. As well as subscribing to the podcast, another nice thing you can do is write us a positive review. So please do so. It helps other people to find us. And if you'd like to join our online writing community, it's entirely free and we use the Discord platform for this. Again, if you look down in the show notes, you'll find a link or head over to the website and you can find all the info over there. Thanks again for listening. Keep on writing and we will catch you on the next episode. Mm